what God is doing in our in our group life in our home meeting life together uh, through connecting various groups together. So two or three groups to getting together at one time as a mid-sized group. I'm going to like to invite the uh, very sharply dressed Samson show up to uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on between groups, and then we'll move on from there. Hey, so uh, so uh, I'm Samson. Uh, this is Jeremy right here. I lead West Philadelphia, and Jeremy leads Eastern State. Eastern State. That's what it is. Uh, so last uh, leadership meeting we had, uh, we kind of threw out this idea of meeting up as a, as a group of home groups because I feel that as good as home groups are, like it can be a strength and a weakness at the same time in that um, within your home group, it can be real tight, but then almost it kind of makes different like factions throughout the church, you know, like I know that like North Philadelphia will sit over here every single time and like West Philly's always over here. You know what I mean? Like, just different cliques. And so we kind of want, and uh, Eastern, Eastern States. States back there. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of wanted to meet up together to kind of uh, break through those awkward moments, you know, throughout our church. Um, yeah, so we're just going to go bowling together. I don't know what that means. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that's going to help, but. <laughs> I didn't know I was speaking, so I'm just going to wing it. Um, yeah, I mean, to echo what Samson is saying, I think what one of the hopes, at least for our Tuesday night bowathon, is um, to just kind of meet people from other home groups. I think uh, we have a few members in our home group, at least, and I'm sure every the the other the other three home home meetings that are going to be um, there also kind of just have a few members that are on the fringes, not necessarily getting connected to the church um, directly and not necessarily meeting other people outside the home group. Um, and so hopefully this Tuesday, and I would encourage other home meetings to meet. Maybe you can talk to us and meet with our home meeting again, um, although we may be an exclusive for home meeting club still. I don't know. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but just the just the whole idea of that. And then we, we talked about this with the leadership group just over there with Scott in that um, – we we are as 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 we form deeper relationships and as we we get deeper and closer within our home meeting there is a sense in which we also have a missional mindset in which we're reaching out and so that's part this is part of that even within our own church of reaching out to meet hey you go to a home meeting that meets two doors away from where i live maybe we could actually get together and hang out once or more his uh, spontaneous thing is better than my plan thing. <laughs> but uh, also, I mean, uh, this past home meeting we had, uh, one of our home meeting members said that we're kind of called to community. And I never really thought of it like that. But I think we are called to community, even like as a church. So we should start acting like it. Like it's easy to kind of just hang out with your own friends or whatever. You know, that's, that's the easiest, easiest thing to do possible. But, uh, you know, take some effort. We're going to take some effort, try to get to know each other. Like, personally, I don't even know who's in this home group at all. Literally, I know he's Eastern State's leader, and that's about all I know about Eastern State, you know? And your wife's in there. And she's pregnant, too, right? <laughs> but, yeah, so. So we'll have at least one other member so, soon. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're going to get some time to get to know each other and, uh, yeah, and develop relationships, hopefully, throughout these next few months. All right. <clears throat> Keeping it real uh, with Samson.
and Jeremy. Now, the, um, it's a great opportunity, you know, and sometimes we have off weeks that uh, will go on so that, um, for example, we're going to have a shared worship service at the end of the month with the other Liberty Churches, which is great. But there won't be a study, there won't be a sermon on the text that we're following, and there won't be an actual study prepared that week for the groups. So it's an off week. It's a great time to meet with the other groups that are in your, uh, that are connected with your group and have the elder and deacon over them. So consider working with the other leaders and using those off weeks as a, a time to get together and do mid size. One of the things we talked about as home meeting leaders is that, well, why are we studying relationships? And, you know, what's the purpose? And one of the things that we, that I uh, reminded us of is that we're really good as a church at casual relationships. We're really good at casual. But there are some places in the life of our community where we have trouble going deeper. And that doesn't, that's not just the people on the periphery. There are people who are in senior leadership who feel like they don't have the kinds of relationships that then go deeper in. And so we need to, um, as we focus on that, and we focus on going deeper into relationship, we can't neglect the things we're good at. You know, part of uh, an important healthy part of community is casual relationships. Being able to hang out and put your feet up and watch a game together and, and drink a beer, go bowling, those are important. Those are important places where the deeper stuff begins to happen. So let's let's tend to what we're good at and uh, put a focus on what we're not good at. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, there's some things going on behind the scenes regarding how pastoral care happens that Julie Reamer has put together, particularly regarding how we work together, the home meetings, the elders, and the deacons. And so she's going to come up and talk to us a little bit about that. Is that good? There we go. There we go. Um, well, as you can see, we have our high-tech version of a, of a screen here, so you can bear with us. We, we uh, forgot to tell the teardown team that we needed the screen, so that's uh, my bad. But um, yeah, I've been get helping to give some leadership to pastoral care um, since the spring, and one of the things I've noticed is there are lots of ways that pastoral care is happening, and even the the canards today were a great example of that. And I'm sure, as we all know, we don't probably didn't even do that process perfectly, but just what a testimony of God showing up and through us and caring for um, members of our body. But there's also two ways in which we can, as we probably well know, and you can attest to, of areas we need to grow in pastoral care and shepherding and caring for one another. And so... Um, so the, there's definitely a need for, for more of that. And so just so that people aren't falling through the cracks. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we can have people that leave liberty and we don't even know why. Um, or we, um, we can grow in areas of helping to meet physical, spiritual, and relational needs and, in more effective ways. And, um, and also, too, just to work better at connecting with one another and helping to shepherd one another. Because I, I met with a group of women, I don't know, it was probably about six months ago, of, of um, some of you and senior women here, and we talked about how even as leaders we really feel disconnected. And so it's like if we feel disconnected, how about the rest of the congregation? So we wanted to come up with a, um, a tool or a resource to kind of help track with that. And um, so if you, if you want to put up the, the first slide. So we helped to develop a tool or a system um, in order to help track um, 
pastoral care needs. And again, so this is just a temporary document that we have on Google that we'll give um, some of you access to. But it's a membership document, and it's able to track information about home meetings and the leaders and the deacons and elders. And or, until we find, we eventually will be having a database solution. But this is this is the temporary one. So. Um, I know it's very small. It's just a, a big snapshot, and I'll break it down in a second with a, a closer one. But so you look. This document is a, there's a lot up there. But just to give you a summary of what does this track, um, it helps the deacons and elders that are giving oversight to each of the home meetings to know who is in the home meetings and under their care. Um, it includes home meeting details, just even logistics of location, time, um, who are the leaders and apprentices, and then, again, who are each of the members that are a part of that home group. Um, and so even if, like, you have a home meeting person that, that switches to a different group, hopefully if, if the system is kept up that we'll be able to track that and we know that so-and-so moved from one home meeting to another. Um, and, and also, too, it helps to track as best we can of who's even in covenant and who's not in covenant. Um, and I'm trying to think of, and there's also, too, um, for some of you that indicated, Scott earlier talked about the groups of twos or threes. Um, some of that information is tracked on there, too. Again, not to be big brother, but so that we can help care for one another as we're building into other people. Um, so if you want to jump to the next slide, it's... I just took our home group and then with um, my information there. Um, so that has a little bit, a little bit more of a breakdown. So you can see at the top it will have um, Andy Oliver is the elder over our home meeting, and then um, Laura is the deacon, and then when and where it meets, and then kind of a list of the, the leaders and apprentices, and then who's all in within the group. And so that if you kind of click on the, the triangle that's to the right of each person's name, if we have their contact information, that that is listed there. Um, so so the as far as um, right now, who's going to will give access to that document is some of the elders and deacons and the home meeting leaders and their apprentices. Um, and so that looks at what does it track. That's just kind of the bare bones information. But what... What does this potentially help? You're like, okay, it's a document, but what, what, how can it really help? Um, and some of the things that I thought through of that, the leaders can know who is coming and going from their home meeting and, and even maybe potentially find out why someone transitioned of like, you know, if someone, they're seeing, okay, so-and-so is on this list as being a part of their home meeting, but we haven't seen them in a while. Well, let's connect with them and, and, you know, and talk with them and see if, wow, if, if there's a way that we can come alongside them and help them. Um, so... It also, too, it can practically help that elders know who is under their care and so that the elders really have a strong desire to shepherd those of us that are in the home meetings and to pray for us and to come alongside of us, and it helps them um, with knowing who is under their care. Um, A couple more things that, too, it's just um, a way to have efficient updated information. And so one of the things that we're asking you, first of all, as leaders, is to make sure that your information is kept up to date. And, you know, even if you don't have access to the document, uh, if you know that you've moved, to connect with your home meeting leader and say, hey, I've, I've moved. This is the information um, that that you need um, for me. So it can, um, so like if we're, you know, trying, if we know someone, for example, like let's say the home meeting leader, they want, they know that someone in their home meeting just needs a phone call or, or they want to send them an email, but 
they go to send the email and shoot, it goes return to sender. It's like, well, okay, then I can't do that. Or the, there's no phone number there. So this is, again, just a practical way to be able to um, make those um, calls and emails happen. Um, and and also, too, of like seeing that there's some people on the list that are coming to the home meetings but aren't in covenant, and we love that. And so, But we can also help to say, of, okay, this person's been coming for a while. Let's talk with them about becoming in covenant and seeing if that's something that God is directing them to do. Um, and, um, and also, too, for you all, too, that are in, in home meetings or home meeting leaders to know who to... I put it here to know who to go to when there is a need, because like in the past, you know, where we haven't necessarily had specific elders over specific home groups and specific deacons over specific home groups, it was sort of like, well, we have a need in the home meeting, but where do we go to? Well, now you can see of okay, so and so is is helping to give leadership over this home meeting, or this deacon is giving leadership, or this elder. So it helps to to make that process more efficient. Um, so if you wanted to flip to the next slide, um, so we'll we'll go over this actually in a in a second. Let's see if there's anything else. Um, no, actually we'll go there. So the other thing that Scott and I were thinking through is okay, we what do you do when there is a need with that surfaces? And so this is a little bit of a, a flow chart. So there's obviously needs that come up. And um, so what do you do when there is a pastoral care need of any level, maybe um, physical, spiritual, emotional? Um, so if you can see at the top, at the top right of the flowchart, I was trying to do this on Google Docs last night. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully it's clear. But you have the question of there is a need that comes up. Can I help? Um, let's put it down here. And you have to, after the answer the question, yes, I can help. Well, then the answer is to help. But maybe the need, so maybe an example is, okay, someone needs a ride to home meeting and to church. Like, well, I have a car. Um, I have availability to go get them. I will meet that need. Um, but let's say that there's a need of, okay, I can't help to meet that need. What's the next step in the, the process? So the next step would be to go, for the person to go to their home meeting leader and apprentices and present the need there. Um, and then, of course, you can just see how it trickles down of, then the home meeting leaders and apprentices help to figure out, yes, I can. we can meet the need, and so then we help. Either um, the help is as a leader individually, or maybe it's the home meeting leaders helping the group to come alongside this person in their need. Um, or there may be a situation where the home meeting leader can't help. And so then the next step is for the home meeting leaders and apprentices to approach the elder and deacon team that is um, over their home meeting. And so, again, you can see the breakdown of, yes, that the home, the elders and deacons can help to meet that need, and so they help, or no, they can't. And then if they decide that, okay, we can't help to meet this need, then it goes to Scott as a pastor. So you'll notice that up at the top where it says, can I help? It does not, there is no arrow going directly to Scott. <laughs> And we know that there is sometimes um, where needs, we don't say we can't come to Scott for anything, but we really, even last week we were talking about in home meetings, if you were there, of working together as a body, and we were, talk, we were reading Romans and how there's different parts of the body. We really want, in caring for people in this church, we want to work as a body. And working as a body is not bombarding Scott with every need that comes by, and that's not caring for him, and that's not caring as a body. So we wanted to help to just outline a process of if there's a need, then who to go to. And then, of course, if there is a need that comes down to Scott of him even asking or answering the question, can I help? And yes, if he can help, then he helps. 
or if no, then there's um, some other options of maybe the person is in physical harm, so you call 911, or emotional harm or mental harm. And then we have a separate um, chart of a triage chart that we're not going to go over today that Scott um, um, would use in that process. So any questions with that? Josh in the back. Streamline. Uh, my question is, this is very, very based, the premise of this is all based off of home meetings. So my question is, how does pastoral care happen for those who are not in home meetings? And do we even know how many people in our church are not in home meetings? Because I assume there must be a, a, a you know, percentage of, of that. Yeah. I mean, as far as we are, part of in that document, of course, I just did a snapshot there. We, I did try to look at, because if you're a home meeting leader, I contacted you a while ago and said, hey, can you help me, let me know who is in your home meeting. So then what I did is compared that to the address list that we have and a bunch of just kind of cross-examined and said, okay, so I had a list potentially of who is not in the home meetings. And so we're even trying to track two of, okay, well, have they left? Are they here and not connected? So, um, it's not exactly accurate, but it's getting there of, of who's involved. So um, did you want to answer the part of if they're not in a home meeting? Or? Uh, right now, I, you know, I meet with people every week. We have hour and a half meetings. You know, I have a nice big group of appointments every week that I keep. And so it's possible to meet with me, and it's possible to get connected uh, with pastoral care with me directly. But you have to remember that part of what we're doing, part of the challenge before us as a community right now is to begin to operate for the size of community that we are rather than the size of community we once were. And so part of it will mean owning the pastoral process together. The one thing, though, you know, just to reiterate what Julie said, is that they, um, when you highlight which members are in which groups, it becomes very apparent very quickly who's not a member. And so then what we're trying to do as we, the elders and deacons are going to start, everybody's liking the idea of meeting together regularly to, to share a portion of the time to talk pastorally about the groups under our care. You know, what about these people, for example, who are not members? Can we be more inviting? Can we get them plugged in? Can we meet with them and see and track that? So we, we have on the horizon to track with that kind of thing in a healthy way, in a responsible way. Um, go ahead, John. Right now, there is a list, but there's not elders or deacons connected to those people, oh, if that okay. makes sense. It is, it's like way below, and there's lots of different sure. pages to the document. But yeah, that, yeah, that was it. I was just wondering yeah. about how they fit in. Yeah. Those all. And okay. I don't know, this, you can correct me if I'm wrong with this, but let's say that there is someone that is not in a home meeting um, and has a need, but they're connecting with you as someone to help meet that need. Um, I mean, would the, the person that's, like if, if it's me and I'm talking with someone that's not in a home meeting, would I then connect with my home meeting leaders, like go down the process? That makes yeah, sense? That's, I mean, the chart is there so that you, you just know, okay, these are my people that I'm connected to within the net. And the net is supposed to help people not fall through, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll do that whatever we can. Right now we have, um, uh, we're switching over to names for ministries. So, for example, the diaconate has had, since the leadership retreat, has had the email deacons at liberty.org. And so uh, the elders have something like that too now. And it's possible, if somebody's in our community, to look on the, on the bulletin, look for that address, and just reach out that way. So there's some ways. But we're, we're looking to be more proactive and increase the ways that people can fall into and be caught by our net. We have to grow in that way. Thanks. Elizabeth, you. 
Okay. Um, I wanted to express some concern about the distance from the problem to the triage, the physical harm, emotional harm, and mental harm. And just emphasize that the home meeting leaders need to know if they need to call 911 mm. because they can be the people to do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's a great point. Yeah, that is great. And I think that one of the things that we've had uh, behind the scenes, Arlene helped us put together a, counts, a triage chart that helps us walk through that scenario. It has its own sort of flow chart for mm -hmm. basic needs like that. But uh, it's only been in the background, sort of an office staff. The elders have access. The deacons have access to it. But there's no reason why we as home, you know, the home meeting leaders and leadership teams couldn't have direct access to that as well so that, and we have some preparation for that. You're right. It takes wisdom and, and carefulness to address those kinds of uh, questions as they come up. Yeah, you're right, because that could potentially take hours or days if it went through the whole process and you're like, you don't have that time sometimes. That's a good word, Elizabeth. Thanks. Um, I just have a couple of comments on what Josh said and then what Aunt Elizabeth said. What Elizabeth said, I think, at each level, you know, all those mm -hmm. people are responsible for triage and contacting the appropriate yeah. person or authorities if that's necessary. But the chart still stands as an informational flow. Yeah. Whereas a if a home group leader is calling 911, the deacons and elders should be notified and yeah. we should be notifying Scott. Mm -hmm. So I think it still really flows as a really good source of information about whatever action is happening at your level of care. Um, and then just, I wanted to have an encouraging comment about, I liked what Josh brought up. Um, the deacons have actually received requests for people who aren't in home groups just by other people who are in home groups and kind of know we help with that sort of thing. And that's just been really encouraging because then that helps us, one of, as deacons, if we get a request, um, we push in to the home group. And so if someone comes and they're not in a home group, then that gives us a great opportunity to then push them in a home group. So mm -hmm. comment, encourage Yeah, that's beautiful. And my, one of my favorite things about being a pastor is working together as a community. You know, I've often been in pastoral counseling with somebody who um, could benefit from specialized care, like Elizabeth pointed out, like, okay, I recognize that there are things that I can't do here as a pastor. There are more specific needs. But they can also benefit from other specific kinds of care that the church can give. They are relationally isolated, and, they, and they're, they're not so bad off as to be um, unhealthy to enter a group life at this stage. So I'm going to introduce them to a group. You know, and that, so there's a, it's great to be able to work together as the body of Christ to make sure people are connected in the ways that we need to be. Uh, and so part of this flow is to make sure that that's happening. And we're, like you're saying, Ashley, us communicating about it and just knowing how to communicate about it is part of the first step in this happening well, and that's what we're trying to do today. I'll just close with this, a personal example where this has, I mean, I know I helped to create this document, but where it's been helpful for me or not, or the one before it, um, was um, we were looking to have a, an in covenant retreat, which we, you know, do at least once or twice a year, and we wanted to know who to potentially invite for that. Well, I also contacted you that are home meeting leaders and said, okay, who would you um, potentially be some of those people? And so you, you gave me the names, and then we had at least a bunch of the contact information in there. Some people just email, some people phone calls, but then I was able to easily track and call them and invite them. And they're, 
I mean, I'm not the greatest at inviting people, and God really used it, but there were several people that showed up because of that chain, those chain of events happening, and that people, some of the people that are in covenant because of that. And so it was just really neat to see an example of how, you know, a flat piece of paper can really, yeah, bring life and community, happen, make it happen. Yeah. It's not meant to be a tool to bind us in any particular, like, rigorous way or just information for information's sakes. We're actually trying to use what's there and only have what's there be useful to us. So, for example, you'll see, uh, well, it was on the, one of the back, the big, scary-looking uh, spreadsheet document has all those links in blue that are underlined. Those are there because we, we figure out a way to sort of hack the Google document and make it so that the elders can just click on it and it brings up an email to that person. So, you know what I mean? So that the, care, the people who are using this as a, as a place to track that can can just do it very easily. It's no other reason. It's just we're, we're trying to make it easier. We are going to get a, a unified database that will allow this kind of thing and this kind of input to be much easier. But we're we're still in the process of researching what that will look like. Uh, we're going to have an answer for that by the end of January as our as our goal. So, all right. Thank you.